good morning, Adventure Church. I'm so excited to bring this message today. We're continuing our series on Credo, What We Believe. These are the fundamental basic beliefs, not only of Christianity, but also of what this church believes and what we teach. And this morning, we're, we're actually going to talk about two separate issues. Um, I'm going to focus way more on one of them in particular. Um, we're going to talk today about two of the most important things that we can do as believers, two things that are actually commanded by Jesus to do. You know, he wasn't about rules and a list of all kinds of do's and don'ts. And he, a lot of the things that he talked about were like principles. You know, he talked, he talked in parables and he talked in metaphors at times. And he, he didn't give us like a list of do's and don'ts. But these are two things that he did ask us to do. And that is, communion, or some people call it the Lord's Supper, some churches call it Holy Eucharist, but it's, we, we believe it's the, the bread and the wine or the, the elements that we call um, the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. We call that communion, and Jesus told us to do that, and I'll explain that in a minute. But then the second thing that we're going to focus a little more on today is water baptism, we believe that that is an essential part of the Christian life. And I'm going to explain that later. As you will notice right here, we have a baptismal. It's called a baptismal. Some people would call it a bathtub. But it is actually for the purpose of baptizing people. And I am believing this morning that there's going to be someone here and you believe that the Holy Spirit is prompting your heart to get baptized. So I want you to know we've prepared for that. We have an extra change of clothing. I brought a bunch of beach towels. And so I just want you to be sensitive. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. And, and this is something that's so critical. I want to tell you, I was just, I was literally shaking with joy after first service because this young man came up. Um, after, you know, we had offered the opportunity and he came up to Doug Lee, who was sitting over there and he said, what do I have to do? Today's the day. And so he got baptized. We recorded it and hopefully we'll be able to upload that onto our website. So you'll be able to participate in that. Yeah, but yeah, that was so sweet. So excited about that. So we're going to start today with communion. Now we try um, at least once a month to have communion together as a church. The reason I like the term communion is because I like the concept of communing with God, with getting intimate with our creator, with the one who loved us and died for our sins. I, I love the idea of that. And so it says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, 23, this is a jam-packed chapter. But this is the passage that talks really about this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. For, now I want you to catch this. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord. You receive something from the Lord and you want to pass it on? It's like, perk up. Listen, this is going to be good. You know that. And so it says, on the night when Jesus was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, he gave thanks to God for it, and then he broke it in pieces. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
So Jesus Christ, now this is the, the explanation of who he is and who he was. He is the almighty God, the creator of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the king above all kings, the Lord of all lords, and he humbled himself. There's a process. I'm, I'm actually in grad school right now, and one of the things we're studying is us is Philippians 2, and we're talking about the concept of what's called kenosis. What kenosis is, is the process of Christ setting aside his deity, setting aside his rights as the king and ruler over the universe, and becoming human. So Jesus Christ is God himself who took on the form of a human being and walked a sinless life lived on earth and never, ever, ever sinned. So when Jesus says, this is my body, which is broken for you, he is talking about what they are about to do to him by crucifying him on a cross, murdering him on a cross. And he's saying, I'm offering myself to you. I'm allowing myself to be broken. And you know what communion is, is it's a representation of our ongoing relationship with the Lord. And in the Lord, we share in his brokenness. And the sweetest part of it is that we can come to him completely broken ourselves. You know, we can come to him and he will receive us and he will totally accept us. But he allowed himself to be able to relate to that brokenness by being broken himself. He says, do this in remembrance of me. This, is an, it, this infers that yes, in fact, you will do this. And every time you do it, remember who I am. Remember what I did for you. That's what he says. And he says, in the same way, Jesus took the cup of wine after supper and he said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. Okay, so the old, the old covenant, in the Old Testament... So the Old Testament is first, and then there's the New Testament, which comes after, um, it, it comes 400 years after the end of the Old Testament was written. Um, and, and what happens in the Old Testament is that they follow what's called the law. There are 633 laws that they had to follow. Can you even imagine memorizing 633 laws? And some of them are a little interesting, <laughs> to say the least. And so they had to follow these laws. And then these false teachers came in, these kind of, these, these Pharisees and these hypocrites, and they came in and added all kinds of extra things for people to do. So people were just like stressed out trying to keep the letter of the law. They were trying to, to do everything right because they were in fear that they weren't going to be able to, to please God or to go to heaven and to be with the Lord. And so what happened is that Jesus Christ became human, came to earth, and gave us a new covenant with his blood. There's, this is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with blood. Jesus Christ shed his blood so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be reconciled to our maker. And that's why Jesus went to the cross. And it says on the cross, his blood poured out so that we could walk in forgiveness, so that we wouldn't have to pay the penalty for our sins. This, incidentally, is called the gospel. 
It's the good news. I do capital G gospel. This is the good news, is that Jesus Christ allowed his body to be broken and allowed his blood to be poured out so that we could be forgiven. And Jesus says again, do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Once again, he's, he's just assuming that you're going to do this as a representation of your ongoing relationship with him. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So every time we take communion together, it's announcing that Jesus Christ is coming back. How many are excited for that? Woo! I'm so excited. Um, You know, there are some churches that say that you can't even take communion unless you're baptized. Um, We're not one of those churches, but we do highly recommend getting baptized, which I'll explain. But it says in 2 Corinthians 13.5, I want you to hear this. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Examine yourselves. It doesn't say examine other people. It doesn't say decide who's worthy and who's not worthy. You're the one who's going to determine who is allowed to take communion or not. It says examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test, again, yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. Jesus Christ is among you. Do you sense that When his spirit is here, he's among us, where two or more are gathered in his name. He's with us. His spirit is with us. The importance of communion is to see the significant act that he did for us. Not to just take it lightly, not to just, you know, throw back that cracker and that little cup, but to think about this. Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins so that I could be free, so that I could live that life that that we just sang about. All my delight is in you, Lord. All of my hope, all of my strength. And I can tell you, the only life that is a content life, the only life that is a satisfied life is a life that is fully surrendered to the Lord. It's the only way you will be content. And trust me, I've tried everything else. It doesn't work. The only fulfilled life, the only satisfied life is one that is completely found in the Lord. And you know, it's interesting because I was having a conversation with someone recently and they, um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jody and my husband and I planted this church five years and five years ago, he passed away. And So many people were really confused by that when that happened because he was just like a powerhouse and people could not understand why would God allow him to die? And consequently, why would God allow that to happen to me? You know, kind of the, you know, the the question of, well, why would God allow bad things to happen to good people? I'm not saying that I'm a good, good person. You know, the Bible says no one is righteous. There's no Anyway, that's another sermon altogether. (laughs) But I do not feel like a victim. I miss my husband tremendously, but I I am living a satisfied life. I am content in the Lord. I am free in the Lord. I am a person who used to be in so much bondage. I had so many issues and God has set me free. And I can tell you that I walk in the newness of life. And, I, and, and I'm not saying this to set myself up. I'm saying this to offer you that hope. I'm planting seeds of hope.
that you too can live a life where you are satisfied, you are content, you are full of faith, you're happy, you're joyous, even in the midst of suffering. So we're going to talk about baptism right now. Baptism is something that's kind of, it's, it's misunderstood to a large extent, but this is the last thing that Jesus commanded on earth. This is the last thing. So you better believe that if, if Jesus is who he said he was, and he said he was Lord, he said he was God, that if this is the last thing that he said, this is a pretty important thing. Okay? So if you turn in your Bible to Matthew 28, verse 18, Matthew 28, 18. Matthew is in the New Testament. It's the first book of the New Testament. And 28 comes right after 27. <laughs> Jesus came and said to his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Okay, bam, mic drop. <clears throat> I have been given all authority on heaven and earth. That's a pretty bold statement. He better, be, he better actually be that guy, right? He says, I have been given all authority on heaven and on earth, therefore. Okay? Whenever there's a therefore, you need to ask, what is it therefore? Right? That's an old cliche. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. And make disciples. See, Jesus is saying, you need to, you need to be telling people about this because this is epic. This is awesome news. This is, the most this is the most amazing news that you could ever hear. 100%. And he's saying, don't keep it to yourself. He's saying, go and make disciples. Now, what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who learns, but a disciple of Jesus Christ is set apart. A disciple of Jesus Christ is somebody who is sold out. They're 100% they're full tilt on board with Jesus. Not somebody who's like, yeah, I'm a Christian because I go to church. No. You know the old saying, um, being in church doesn't make you a Christian any more than being in a garage makes you a car. You know? A true disciple of Jesus is somebody who wakes up every day and says, what is it you have for me today, Lord? My life belongs to, belongs to you. Use me for your purposes. Use me for your glory. My life is no longer my own. I've been bought with a price. Take my life. Use it for your kingdom's sake. That is the only life that will be satisfied and content. Honestly, and I've tried everything else, and I can guarantee there is peace and freedom and joy and hope and healing. But Jesus is saying, therefore, go make disciples of all peoples, all peoples, all nations. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We talked several weeks back about the Trinity, the concept of Trinity, three gods in one. If you haven't watched it, you can go and watch it online. But this is the thing. He's saying, teach these disciples to obey all the commands I, can, I have given you. Well, what are the commands Jesus just gave? To go. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean you have to move. You have to go to another country. You have to go whatever, 
horrible thing you think <laughs> that God's going to have you do. It just means have the mindset of going. This is like an ongoing thing that you live on this earth to bring good news to people. You live on this earth to bring the gospel to people. That is what you live for. Not only to have all the benefits that God has for you, the abundant life that Jesus talks about, but to bring this message of good news. This is why Jesus says, go and make disciples. You know, when Eric and I moved out here, 20-some years ago, we didn't come out here to make a bunch of, of believers. We came out here to make disciples. And disciples make disciples. Disciples are sold out. Have you, anybody ever been in love? Some of you? <laughs> wow, that's a pretty low percentage. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. I just remember, <laughs> I remember when I first fell in love, I literally gave up everything else to be with him. All I wanted, all day long, I thought about him. I wanted to be with him. I kind of dissed all my friends, which is usually what happens. And I just, I mean, I wanted to be with him. I was so in love Nothing else even came close to my time that I had with Eric. It's like I wanted to be together with him. This is the kind of relationship God is hoping for with us, is that we would be so consumed with him that we couldn't even imagine living without him, that he would absolutely fill every crevice of who we are with him and with his spirit and with his joy. And so that's why he says, go make disciples baptizing. This is the commandment that God is giving, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Next week, I'm going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'm super excited about that. But this is what Jesus says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always. I want you to say that to yourself. Say, I am with you always. Say, he is with me always. Now, some of you are thinking, mm, he wasn't with me last night. He knows what I did last night. He would be disgusted with me. Right? I just shared with someone just between services, you know, Jesus Christ went to the cross for our sins. He paid the price for our sins, but you know what else he did? He went to the cross and he obliterated shame. He got rid of shame. And if you are surrendered to Jesus and you are, you're open and you've confessed your sin and you've received his forgiveness, you are no longer under shame. The devil wants to continue to show you, he wants you to rehearse that sin in your brain. The enemy wants to make you constantly think about that. But that's, but if you're, if you're, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, if you're focusing on sin, then you're not fixing your eyes on the author and the perfecter of your faith, who is Jesus. Jesus wants us to look into his face. Jesus wants to be the one who sets us free. Okay, back to baptism. Be sure of this, though, and I know somebody here needs to hear this. Jesus is saying to you, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. 
He's saying, I know what you do. I see when you went to the, the club last night, or I saw the person that you slept with, or I saw the porn sites you went to, or I know the thoughts you have. I know the wicked thoughts you have, your jealousies. I heard you gossiping. He knows this all, but he is with you, and he is just longing to, to have communion with you. That's his goal. That's his desire. So the Bible talks about different kinds of baptism. Today, we're, we're, we're really kind of focusing on water baptism, but there's a baptism of repentance, which we're going to talk about. There's a baptism of suffering. Actually, baptism means baptizo. That's the original language, which means to be overwhelmed or to be completely overcome or immersed with something. That's what baptism means. So there's a baptism of suffering, which is to share in the suffering of Christ and the power of his resurrection. And then there's a baptism of repentance. There's a baptism into the body of Christ. But the baptism we're going to talk about right now is in Matthew chapter 3. This is the baptism of Jesus. Matthew 3, it says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Now let me set up the scene a little bit. So John the Baptist was one about whom it was prophesied that one will come and prepare the way for the Lord. And that's what John the Baptist was doing. He was doing this baptism for repentance. What does repentance mean? All repentance means is it's called metanoia. What it means is that you, you're going this way, and repentance is you turn around and go this way. It just really means to change your mind because you're not going to go the opposite direction if your brain doesn't tell you to do that. But it's just, it's a changing of your mind. That's what repentance is. It's just change your mind. And so, that, so John the Baptist was doing these baptisms of repentance in the, in the area where everybody gathered to wash their clothes and everything. All of a sudden, this crazy guy who's eating wild locusts and honey, and he's like this wild man, and he's baptizing people, and he's telling them, there's another one who's coming after me. Because people started to kind of revere him and everything. And he was like, no, no, no. There's another one coming after me, and I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. Like, he's so far above me. And he is going to come and he is going to set you free. This is what John was trying to convey. But here it says, Jesus went from the Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. John's is a baptism of repentance. Why would Jesus need to be baptized? He, he never sinned. What does he need to repent for? Ever wondered this? Why did Jesus need to be baptized? It says John tried to talk him out of it. He's like, dude, you do not need to be baptized. Trust me. Why don't you baptize me? That's what he, he says. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? And listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said, this should be done. For we must carry out all that God requires. Do you hear this? This is what God requires. This is a command. This is something that God is telling believers to do. If you are a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, you identify as a Christian, you are born again, and I did a message on that a few weeks back too, but if you're born again, be baptized. This is, it says this is what is required. Not to be saved, 
Now, let me make this point really, really clear. There are some churches that teach that you're saved through baptism. That is not true. That is not true. You are saved by receiving the forgiveness Jesus Christ offered for you on the cross and, and confessing that he is Lord and believing that he was raised from the dead. That's how you're saved. You're not saved through baptism. You're not saved through stuff you do. But it's saying here, we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. So after the baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened. Now I want you to visualize this. The heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. It wasn't a dove. It was the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on Jesus. Can you imagine this scene? How intense would that be? Jesus comes up out of the water and the heavens opened up. Whoa. I bet there were so many angels just like, just in awe. And the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove and spoke these beautiful words, said, this is my beloved son whom I love. I'm so pleased with him. And this is what he wants to say to us. Because the thing is, when we, when we accept the forgiveness that Jesus offered on the cross, when we receive Christ, the Lord looks at us as though we were sinless. And he looks at us and he wants to part the heavens and he wants to descend on you like a dove with his spirit and say, this is who you are. You're my beloved child. I adore you. I want to identify who you are. I want to speak to you about who I created you to be. And I want to pour out my love on you. And I want you to know that I accept you for who you are. I accept you. See how beautiful this passage is? That he's speaking these things to Jesus, but he also is speaking these things to us when we are found in Christ. Romans 6, 4 says, For we died, we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live, what? New lives. How many can be honest with me right now and just say, your life sucks? Maybe don't raise your hand because you might insult your spouse. <laughs> I mean, I know it's true. I know some of you are miserable and I'm not judging you. I'm just saying there's a better way. You can live a new life. And I am not standing in any judgment because trust me, when I first came to Jesus, I needed a new life. <laughs> My life was wrecked. I was a wreck. And just slowly through the years, God has just delivered me and set me free. And that's the new life. He wants to bring you a new life. How many of you just want to say, I'm done with this old way of doing stuff. This is not working. This is a dead end every time I go down this road. You know the, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Jesus is saying that you can be buried with him in baptism and brought to newness of life. You can be brought to new life. 
to a new way of living, a new way of walking, repentance, this, turning around, thinking a different way, thinking a different way. It says, as, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, we may live new lives. Just as the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Think about this. This is a dead guy. He gets raised from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. So I just want to ask, what are you doing? Why? Why are you clinging to whatever it is you're clinging to? I don't get it. I don't get it. Nothing will satisfy you. Every road is going to be a dead end unless you come to Jesus. And I'm not saying this. Again, I'm not judging you. I'm trying to offer you this hope that you can stand free and you can be filled with joy and you can walk in your purpose and you can know who you are. Don't you want that? Yeah, I'm on it. Okay, so I want to talk to you about this newness of life, and I want to say a couple things about baptism. Okay, so first of all, we don't baptize infants here, as I mentioned, and the reason for that is because if you see, I'm going to skip ahead to Acts 2.38, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Okay, so babies can't do this. Okay, babies can't think. I mean, I guess they think. I don't know. What do they think about? I don't know. But anyway, babies can't repent of their sins. First of all, how many sins does a baby really have? But they can't repent for the forgiveness of sins. Right? Does this stand to reason? So we don't baptize babies because we don't believe that babies have the ability to repent for the forgiveness of their sins. And it says, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which we're going to talk about next week. Okay, I want to back it up now and go to Colossians chapter 2. For you, you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted in the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Okay, some of you were baptized as infants, as was I. I was baptized as an infant. I didn't have a say. I didn't have a vote. What if I would have wanted to be Buddhist? I didn't have a vote. I was baptized in a church. Okay? Some of you were also baptized as infants. I personally don't believe it counts. I think your parents probably had good intentions, and maybe that was what the church that they went to taught. But it took me a long time to realize, after I had become a Christian, it took me a long time to realize that that baptism wasn't the baptism that is talked about in the Bible. So I had to be rebaptized. which, to be honest with you, I was so prideful that I didn't want to admit it because I was embarrassed. I didn't want to tell people that I'd been a Christian for so many years and I still hadn't been baptized. So if you fall into that camp, you know, you don't need to feel embarrassed. A lot of people actually do. A lot of people are Christians for a really long time, and they never get baptized. But today's the day. You can get baptized today. If the Holy Spirit's moving in your heart, today is the day. And it's, it says here, it says, with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power. Some of you were raised 
to get baptized at the age of eight in, into an organization or into a church. Some of you, I don't know, um, other churches, you, you get, I don't know, Holy Communion or whatever it is. And I'm, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm really not. I'm, I, I just don't know that that is, that is what, actually, I do know, that is not what the Bible is talking about. If your parents make you get baptized, that does not count. If you did not know what you were doing at the time, you didn't willingly do it, or you didn't understand the need for the forgiveness of sins, and you didn't have that same mighty power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you, then that one, I would say, probably doesn't count. Am I offending anyone yet? Anybody? Thank you for your grace. Some of you, I think, you've been, you've been, um, you just didn't know. You're like, I didn't know I should be baptized. I had no idea that I needed to be baptized. I thought that when I was baptized as an infant that that, that, was, that was good enough, or I thought that when I was baptized into another organization that that was good enough. I thought that that was it. But here, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God. So repent of your sins, change your mind, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, then you'll receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I have this baptismal here today because I want you to see that I really actually believe this stuff. <laughs> I actually believe baptism is really important. I think we've complicated it too much. I think we're like, oh, well, you know, there needs to be a waiting period. No, I mean, in the Bible, it was like, they're like, there's the, the eunuch who's sitting on this chariot and all of a sudden he's like, hey, I... I I believe this. I believe, I think I need to just be, isn't there some water over there somewhere? I think we make it so complicated. And can I just say this now? This will offend. I know this is going to offend somebody, but is it really such a bad thing if somebody gets baptized accidentally? You know what I mean? Like they get baptized and then later on they realize, oh, wow, I really didn't understand what that meant. I mean, I'm not trying to diminish the significance of baptism because I think, obviously, I think baptism is really important. But why are we so careful about baptizing somebody who may not fully understand it? Do you hear what I'm saying? Are you offended? No, nobody's offended. Well, you're lying. <laughs> I love this part, verse 41. It says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to that church, to church that day, 3,000 in all. Now that is an epic Sunday. I would love to have 3,000 people come to Jesus on one Sunday. Wouldn't you love to see that? Woo, and see them get baptized. We are gonna offer an opportunity for you right now to be baptized if you want to, there's Doug Lee right there. You see him? Wave your, wave your hand. Pastor Doug. So I brought you some beach towels. I brought you a change of clothing. Um, if, you're, if you're watching online and you're not able to be baptized, please sign up. We would love to have you sign up. We will plan another baptism. We're going to do another one in May. Um, and so I just want you to know that we want to make this opportunity available to you. If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, and if you're recognizing, wow, I, I think I was already baptized, but I don't, I don't think that that was really the same baptism that the Bible's talking about. Today is the day. 
we have a change of clothing for you if you need it. It's not my clothes, and it's they're they're like these massive T-shirts. They were my husband's, so you're you're welcome to use that and wear that. I mean, but but listen to this. What are you waiting for? This is Acts twenty two sixteen. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of Jesus. What are you waiting for? Don't let embarrassment or shame or ignorance or neglect or any of those things keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Repent and be baptized. Change your mind and be baptized. Yeah? So, like I said, after first service, this young man came up to me and he was just so ready. And I, I literally, I was, it was like, I can't even imagine what was going on in heaven, but man, we were having a party down here. It was so sweet. And we can either record it for you if you want to have a, a, a video of it to be able to show your family. If, if, you're, if that's something that's holding you back, we want to provide an opportunity for you to be able to share it on social media or, you know, privately or whatever. But please, if the Holy Spirit's working in your heart today, I'm going to dismiss people to go after we pray. But if you want to be baptized, come and talk to, to Uncle Doug. <laughs> we would love to walk with you. We would love to partner with you. And like I said, our video team is happy to record it for you. And if, you, if we get your permission, we'll post it. But if not, we won't. I mean, we want to respect your privacy. If you're, if you're worried about COVID, we have so much bleach in that tub right no just kidding <laughs> i'm totally kidding but really we we really actually honestly believe this 100% that baptism something happens it's you're dunked under the water you die to that old life and when you come up you are filled with the newness of life you walk a new way yes Woo! awesome all right. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we, we thank you for the good news. Lord, we thank you that, that you humbled yourself, that you, um, God, that you set aside your glory to become human like us so you could relate to us, so that you could walk in the same struggles we have and, and understand our suffering even as you suffered for us on the cross so that we could be forgiven. And Lord, we thank you for the good news. And we thank you, Lord, that you have promised to give us newness of life. You promised to give us a life that is abundant and satisfying, even when we suffer, Lord, that there is that hope that comes in you. And so, Lord, we just offer this day to you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say if there's anyone also, if you have never received Christ, if you have never been forgiven for your sins, um, I would love to pray with you. Doug would love to pray with you. Any of these people in the front row here would love to pray with you um, and introduce you to the lover of your soul. So God bless you all. We'll see you next week. We're talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit. And next week, Sunday, is our annual vision meeting. There's some really exciting things that are going to be revealed. So please come and join with us. Sign up though, or you won't get food.
<laughs> There's motivation. <laughs> God bless you. Love you all. Bye online, guys. <laughs>